Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. This week's episode is brought to you by Text Expander. Keep your message consistent, save time, and be more productive and be accurate every time with Text Expander. We're going to tell you more about that in a bit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright. And uh, the floating head on the live stream right next to me is Nikki Kinzer. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete. Do you want to hear my Do you want to hear my name pun joke for you this morning? Sure. Sicky Kinzer. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the first one that's ever done that to you? It. Yeah. Yeah. You are. Mm-hmm. In fact, my family right now wants nothing to do with me. So I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, yeah. you've you've wasted now all of your COVID tests on flinging drops about the room. Yes, <laughs> those things are. I don't know. Oh, you poor thing. I don't know what I think, but yeah, the first one I was like, uh, I don't think it did it right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's <laughs> Not... what they say. We're all going to get it, so it doesn't even really matter. You are you take care of yourself and, and uh, regardless. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Absolutely. That's right. Uh, We are going to be doing, this is an unprecedented episode today uh, because we are doing something new. We have decided that uh, as we run through these series of conversations that we're going to have, that we have been having for 12 years, uh, that we're going to start introducing these kinds of summary episodes and we'll see how it goes. The the whole idea is that we just want to review how the episodes in each series that we do have landed on us now that we've had some time to integrate some of the lessons that we've talked about, change some of the thinking some of our own thinking, uh, you working with clients on some of these issues that that uh, on things that we've talked about in the show and um, and and do a review, hopefully to help cement uh, some of these ideas and concepts for you as well as you are listening to this show. Um, so I we don't really have a branded title for it right now in our show rundown. It's just called Nikki and Pete Summary Fun. Uh, and so that is officially <laughs> the working title of <laughs> these these episodes we're so summary creative. fun we're really we're nailing it <laughs> just <laughs> nailing it um and so we'll see if that evolves over time uh but this is our this is our march uh, summary fun episode uh before we dig into it this it, we've just I, I think we've officially put an end to our uh march madness pledge drive yes how do you feel about it oh it was fantastic i'm so grateful for yeah. everyone that has come on board to the community and, and people who've upgraded and it's just, it's so busy in there. And I just, I love it. 
I, love I know. It. I I just I, my cup runneth over. It it is just uh it it is an unbelievable um uh, it just makes an unbelievable impact on on my life to to see that there are people in there who are making changes for the better for their life in their lives uh, as a result of some of the stuff that we're doing. Thank you so much for your vote of confidence on all of the things that we're doing around here. Uh, it was a a really fun month for us to do some new some new things and see that in fact. Uh, in the month of March, we made our goal. We exceeded our goal, which was to beat 250 members. And we more than did that. Uh, for those of you who've been thinking about becoming members for a long time and, and used March as an excuse to finally turn it on, um, you did it. You helped us all uh, reach our goal. And so thanks to all of you for joining and for sticking around. Uh, that's that's the thing that matters even uh, most is that you join and that you you stick around and you become a, a part of the community and engage with others. It's just really, really important to us. So thank you uh, from all of us who work on um, on this community and this show. Thank you so, so much. Uh, so we transition. We transition into a new month. And I have to tell you, our sponsor, once again, uh, this week. Oh, it's one of my favorite tools. It is Text Expander. What can you do with more hours every month? Repetitive typing and backspacing your keyboard like a, just a savage trying to correct little mistakes and searching furiously. You know the feeling you're searching through your sent mail for answers to questions that you know you've already written to somebody. If only you could find the answer to copy and paste it into a new email. It's all taking precious time away from you and your work. With Text Expander, you can take back your time so you can focus on what matters most in your day. Here's how it works. All you do is you drop commonly used content into a text expander snippet and just give it an abbreviation. A couple of characters create an abbreviation. Then as you're writing or filling out your common forms or anywhere you use text, you just type that abbreviation and trigger your snippet and all your words expand anywhere you type. Now, we've been talking about Text Expander for a long time. And one of the big questions that has come up several times is this. If I'm using Text Expander, how will I be able to edit my responses so that my messages sound original? I am a beautiful butterfly, and my messages should be as unique as I am. Okay, so nobody actually ever said the butterfly thing. But it's cute, though. I it like is cute. it. It is cute. <laughs> it, it's cute. Uh, but but the trick is this, and, and this is the real beauty of Text Expander. You can make it whatever you want. Build a snippet that contains the text that you type over and over again, but have that cursor positioned exactly where you want to start typing once you expand it. So you can add your custom message to every snippet, form field, email, document, whatever you, you use for text. Now, if you're a regular listener, you know me. You know that I have a vested interest in how I use the limited resource of time that I have. And when I find a tool that helps me get over the hump of maintaining focus and attention that I live with every single day, I'll, I'll take it. So one of the features of Text Expander is their personal statistics dashboard. And you can see how many snippets you've expanded and, and in using snippets, how much time you have saved rather than retyping all the text that you that you use from scratch. In the last 30 days, I have saved 42 hours and nine minutes. Wow. 42 a lot of hours in a month. That's a that's like a work week a of writing or, yeah, that I do. A whole right? day. <laughs> a whole day. Yeah. It's a work week. It's uh, a work week. So 
it, it took me a lot of time. I mean, I've been using Text Expander since it was first released, you know, well over a decade ago. Uh, it takes a lot of time to build a library like that. It's certainly to build a library that that I count on the way I count on it takes years. So don't wait. You've been thinking about it. It's time to jump in and support yourself with an investment in Text Expander today. Text Expander is available on Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, iPad, and for listeners of the ADHD podcast, you can get 20% off your first year of service uh, at that rate. It's really, it's a couple of bucks a month for the individual plan, a little bit more for a team plan if you want to get into it. It's it's an amazing service worth every single penny. We have this link from Text Expander, but I got some feedback that it's kind of long uh, for people to remember. So I built a shortcut. All you have to do is visit takecontroladhd.com slash text expander, T-E-X-T-E-X-P-A-N-D-E-R, and you'll be whisked over to the page on their site uh, where you can get started. And again, if you start now, you'll save 20% off your subscription. The way we work is changing rapidly. Make work work the way your brain works by saying more in less time with less effort using Text Expander. Our great thanks to Text Expander, the whole team over there for sponsoring the ADHD podcast. Oh, and uh, if you want our review, uh, if you want to jump into our deep dive that we did with Vic Martinez from the Text Expander team for our February workshop, uh, that is a public uh, available workshop. I'll put the link to the video in the show notes. Thanks, Text Expander. All right, Nikki, here we go. Yes. Lessons learned. Now, as a new and unprecedented thing, uh, I thought that we would just walk through some of the episodes that we talked about in the last month and see what stuck. And the episodes that we talked about in the last month, we talked first about our Managing Time Not Systems uh, review. That was a little uh, walkthrough of, of project management systems. We did PACT goals. We introduced PACT goals. We talked about FOBO. Fear better options. Uh, we did our, our football episode, Unblocking and Tackling, the worst football episode ever. And uh, we just wrapped our Breaking Free of Burnout with Casey Dixon. Uh, so that's what we did in the last month. And I, I just, the act of writing up these episodes made me so happy because I realized every <laughs> single one of them I have been thinking about in some degree over the last month. So to start with our, our Manage Time Not Systems episode. So the central yes. theme there is is just assessing what, like, we know what we want to do, and we know how much time we have, but many of us with ADHD don't align those two things together, don't align the work that we have to do with the time that we have to do it. And so I went through a, a semi-exhaustive review of GTD and the Eisenhower Matrix and Kanban and Scrum and Agile results and uh, all of those things uh, to to just talk about how we can better align the work we do, the projects we have, the tasks we need to get done with the time we have to do it. What stuck for you? You know, I think more than anything, it's it's more reason to practice these different systems or to review them and see what one or what pieces really like resonate with you and to figure out what works best for you and be okay with changing things up, you know, that it doesn't have to be exactly the way GTD wrote it. It doesn't have to be exactly, you know, how Eisenhower made his matrix. Like you can, you can tweak that. You can make it your own. And, uh, if you get bored, it's okay to, to look around. But I think we also talked about 
the time that that can take and, mm-hmm. you know, really making sure that you're setting everything up again, because if we do too many things at once, um, that can cause chaos in its own. Right. Yeah. yeah right. Um, but I also, I think what, what also stuck with me is when you were talking about prioritizing the day without the dates, but just really looking at what needs to be done today mm-hmm. under priorities and not looking at deadlines. Mm-hmm. Um, and focus more on just this is the important, urgent task. And, you know, so many times when we put a deadline, it's not a real deadline anyway. So that it's making us feel bad because we didn't get it done today when really we don't have to get it done today. Yeah. So um, practice. I mean, I think it's just it's about practicing and prioritizing and figuring out what works best for you. I think so too. For me, uh, you know, the the transformation over the last, I, I would say, number of years, it has been around uh, letting go of the rigor of following a system, someone mm-hmm. else's system. GTD, David Allen, he does this system, 43 folders. Uh, it, like, there are things out of David Allen's system that, you know, work and a lot of stuff that doesn't work for me. And Mm -hmm. that started to sort of break down this idea for me that you have to do, you have to do all of a recommended system or a book or something like that. You have to do all of it to really make it work. And that's just objectively not true. And so for me, the idea of building bespoke systems using as much of, of an expert system as works for you and your life and your work and your worldview, and then dabbling with other systems too to create something that is really unique and really works for the way you live your life is is the most important thing for me, mm-hmm. right? It's as you are not an algorithm, right? You are an organic living being and you can create the thing that that makes that, that helps your brain interact with the world. Um, in in a special way, you are a beautiful butterfly. You are I'm a beautiful butterfly. Hard, <laughs> yes. Uh, and and so I think that's really important. And and I personally struggled with that for a, for a lot of years. And I think that transition for me was like realizing that the system was breaking down when I was doing it as whatever expert said I should do it. Right, it's breaking right. down because not all of it worked for me. The stuff Correct. that was working was great. I could do a, a core dump all the live long day. But actually getting stuff done was was hard until I started embracing the multi-system lifestyle mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and creating the, the Pete OS. That's um, right. That that really worked. So we transitioned from uh, managing time, uh, doing the 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 repositioning of your your work box with that is free of dates, but really leaning in on priorities, building this bespoke system. We transitioned from that into packed goals. Uh, and you, this, this came off of, uh, something that you were introduced to through part of your coaching, uh, introducing packed goals. It was a goal setting technique, uh, that was better than smart goals for us. The, a packed goal, it's a goal setting technique. It stands for purposeful, actionable, continuous, and trackable. And, uh, what we, one of the things we loved about packed goals is that compared to other goal setting methods, packed goals focuses on 
output. Uh, for me, this aligns with my objective to ship. Every day I want to ship something. I want to introduce and create something into the world that I didn't have yesterday. And uh, coming up, uh, refining some of my daily objectives and the, the, the way I talk about projects that I'm working on in terms of packed goals has been, um, it, it turns out, has been really eye-opening for me. Not the least of which around this idea that the way I was talking about goals before uh, were were not aligned specifically in the area of purposeful. Like mm -hmm. I can create like actionable, continuous and trackable things all the live long day. But often I, you know, until we started talking about it this way, I didn't have a real sense of why I was doing, <laughs> doing what I was doing. Like right. I didn't, I, and that was, that was the eye opening thing for me. I agree for me too, especially when I first heard about it and I'm thinking purpose. Well, how did that get taken out of smart goals. I mean, we want to be specific, sure, but there isn't anything about purpose. Why Why are we doing the thing that we want to do? And uh, so that definitely, I think, was uh, something that resonated a lot with me, but also continuous. I think that, you know, as a coach, especially, I want everybody to be in that practice mode. You know, don't be tied to any one result because we don't know what it's going to be until you practice and figure out what what works. And and, you know, we set we set goals and it's OK to change our mind. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and we won't know that until we're we're practicing and seeing if it's something that still serves its purpose. And so I think, you know, having it be something that's more of a work in progress, mm -hmm. especially when we're looking at habits, because a lot of times people will put goals for that are habits and habits don't end. They don't have a beginning and an end. They're always constantly going. And so I think having that continuous piece was really big for me. and. Something as you were talking and I was rereading what each of these things meant, trackable, it's interesting to me because I have a kind of a love-hate relationship with tracking because mm -hmm. sometimes I will, you know, track specific habits and then I feel bad if I'm not doing them um, and then I'll stop tracking. And then sometimes I'll say, okay, different mindset. I'm just going to track when I do them. And then I see some marks and that's fun. Um, but what's interesting to me about trackable that kind of just dawned on me is it's, it's not just about tracking. It's remembering. Yeah. yeah. It's just remembering to do it. And I think that when I don't have a tracking system, I am less likely to remember to do it. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, you know, it it's it's almost it, it's as much. Can you? Is it something that's definable so that you can track it, like in a system or on paper or with check boxes, whatever? But can you also track it internally in time and space? Like, right. if, if I were to ask what I'm ask myself, like, what am I working on right now? Can I can I deliver that list? Because how often do you? Is, do, are you asked that question? Well, how often you're asked that question? Maybe not very often. But if somebody were to ask me that question, which I don't have to answer very often, I almost guarantee I could not tell you all the things I'm working on in a clear and concise list without having some attention to how I track these things, like how right. I actually track the stuff that that is is on my list at any given time. Well, uh, and I'm just even thinking about like when I tracked, you know, when do you take your vitamins? Take your mm -hmm. vitamins every day. 
Well, the time that I would not be taking my vitamins is when they're either not in front of me or I didn't look at the tracker. It's like, it's all memory. It's like, I just forget to take them. It's not that I, it's not that it's hard to take vitamins. It's just, you forget, (laughs) you know? So, um, yeah, anyway, so I, I just thought that was interesting, but I, I love packed goals and it's definitely something that, uh, I will continue doing for myself and, and talking to my clients about. Well, that takes us from packed to FOBO. Uh, we had back-to-back acronym weeks. Um, FOBO was, uh, it's been around for a little bit, but it was new. It's an evolution of um, FOMO that was coined by the same guy, Patrick McGinnis. The central theme is, is thus. FOBO is a fear that there's always something better for you out there that holds you back from making the most important decisions of today. It foils any effort you might make toward commitment, keeps you looking inward at yourself, um, it is a, a, a naturally sort of, we, we walked away from it feeling that's naturally sort of a selfish act, FOBO, um, that can make you a lousy friend or partner. Um, and also, let's not forget, it could fill you with self-loathing uh, yes. as, you, as you struggle to make, make decisions. The thing that stuck for me was this idea of asking the universe. And it was an evolution of something I had talked about already, which was the flip the coin uh, bit. Right. And it, I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a big guy on like it's written in stars. It's the fates. It's that you know. I'm asking the universe is is a little bit of a misnomer for me because my feeling is saying that I'm going to ask the universe actually is merely a trigger for me internally to recognize what my choice is all along. Explain that. Uh, I'm going to flip a coin on this. And I'll call heads, it's choice A, tails, it's choice B. If it's choice B and it's tails, then I'll know immediately if I have to live with this, then it's the wrong choice, right? I'll have a gut sense of what's right right. or wrong once I put myself in a place to actually envision living with whatever choice it is going forward. You talked about it last night yes. in uh, in coaching with Nikki, which I thought was a really great way to to frame it. Which was, I think, you know, taking this even further. Which was, um, and and check me when I start lying. Put yourself in a position where you imagine living with it for a week, uh, twenty four hours, twenty four hours. hours. Yeah. So just go forward twenty four hours, like live your day as if you'd made that decision, and just see mm-hmm. if you can internalize it. Is am I saying that right? Yes. Yes. So that's different than mine because mine is just that gut, like immediate, like I flipped a coin and I feel it. But yours is like, let's really make a make a meditation, a 24 hour sort of meditation out of it. Let's well, go through the day. And, and I just have to say where that it. came. Yeah, where that came from was a client of mine. And we were just talking about it uh, this week. And but it was also it's also tied into your gut, because what she was saying is uh, she was choosing between two different therapists. and. Um, what she, what she did is she took the advice of one of her former therapists about let's make this decision like you've made it and live with it for 24 hours. And, but one of the things that she was doing is she was checking her gut on it. Do I feel like I am missing something if I don't choose this other therapist? Like Mm -hmm. what would that experience be like? And so she is, uh, she made that decision by saying or by thinking that she feels like this first th- th- who she chose, she would not have any regrets. Right. 
And that was all off of gut instinct. And so yeah. it's a, it's kind of this combination of both trusting yourself, trusting your gut, but then also like living it right. And really practicing it and seeing if you yeah. can let it go. Well, and, and, you know, I, I started thinking about like there, what this helps us address is the emotional side of making a decision, because that's often where we with ADHD get stuck. Right. right. It's the it's the the FOBO is the fear part. It's not the data part. Like if we really if you really go back and look at features, if you're trying to buy a car and you have three cars next to one another, you can create a spreadsheet that highlights the most important features, you know, mileage and horsepower and whatever it is that's important to you. You can make all the choices around color and fabric interior and whatever you want for a car. Mm -hmm. You can all the observable traits of a car. You can do that. But you can't quite land on like it's hard to spreadsheet emotional response, right? It's right. hard to spreadsheet that. And that that's what we're talking about here. And that that is, I, I think, the the FOBO piece. Uh, and I think in terms of technology right now, I think about it a lot in terms of computers. There are just radical changes in personal computing going on right now. It's hard to to look at the market and say, okay, should I buy now? Should I wait a year? Because, you know, things are changing rapidly. Should I, you know, I know the future of cars is moving toward more electric. Should I buy a combustion engine car right now? Or should I wait just a little bit longer and see if the prices change for an electric car? Like those things are hard to, to, get over right now. And I think what we're right. talking about here, FOBO and, and asking the universe is, is a, might help push you over the edge. Recognizing Absolutely. choices are hard. Yes. Uh, so then we went to our uh, worst football episode ever, unblocking and tackling. <laughs> uh, the, the central theme, this was a Do case. Do we block or unblock? Right. Exactly. Yeah, we, uh, I guess we'll never know. Um, we'll never know. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the case was that you've been working with a client struggling to get unstuck behind some big challenging tasks. Um, the, you know, when one task is stacked behind another task and another task, it makes it hard to prioritize. Uh, this is uh, harkens back to our clogging task discussions that we've had over the years. Yes. Um, and I've been thinking about it a lot. Not, maybe it's because we found uh, unblocking and tackling as kind of a metaphor for splitting your efforts toward hard tasks uh, behind two sessions, right? This mm -hmm. idea of separating an unblocking session from a tackling work session, uh, that the metaphor uh, aligns with the practical act of planning for me very well. It's been, it's been hard to let this one go too. Yeah, you? I'm glad. I'm glad because, you know, one of the things that I loved about this is that this came from a client. And when things come from clients that that are like this, where they have kind of figured out, like he, he took the time to really reflect, like, what's going on here? Let's let's talk about or he was thinking about what was going on in our conversations, but then taking that further outside of just the conversation. And it's a great reminder of the power of reflection you know, to do that by yourself and to be able to, well, as a coach, what was so wonderful for me was to witness that how much I'm learning from him mm -hmm. and that there is just no right way or wrong way to approach things and things can change and look different depending on what it is that you're avoiding or what you're trying to get unstuck around. And so for me as a coach, that was really awesome to, to witness. And, um, and looking at what was working here and not playing it down because mm -hmm. it's so easy to say, well, it wasn't enough. 
it wasn't enough. Like that first session wasn't enough. I should have done more. And that's not what was happening. You know, he was really saying, wait a minute, I did unblock something. That was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And, um, and one of the lessons I think that I have continued to talk to this particular client about and a lot of ADHDers struggle with is that all or nothing. It doesn't have to be all done. It doesn't have to, um, it, 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 the, the, the progress being made doesn't have to be big. It can be just opening up the computer. It can be, you know, figuring out what the emotional piece is that's, that's pulling you back and reflect on that and then have the, um, the next day saying, Hey, I can tackle this now. Like I, I, you know, and it goes into what Casey was saying. I'm the driver of this bus. Mm -hmm. I, I can control this. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so I, that was I, that meant a lot to me. That that whole thing was was a big deal to me. Well, and I think it ties back to to our packed goals discussion really nicely too, which is this idea of continuity, right? Making something continuous. This this unblocking and tackling sessions work I, I think at their best for me when I make them a practice, when I make them right. something that I'm doing regularly. It's not just I'm going to do this once and just roll the dice with it and oops, didn't work. I guess I failed. So moving on to something else. No, um, when it really works is when you say, OK, every Tuesday I'm going to really go through the work that I'm doing and evaluate for me, what is my clogging task? What do I need to tackle to make room for for other things to, to flow more easily? And then, you know, another time I'm going to do the work and, mm -hmm. and making a, a habit out of that, something that you can track, um, I, I think makes it, um, makes it more useful. Not at all discounting the fact that it's hard to do with ADHD and oh, yeah. how easily I get stuck in my own systems because I, I will, I mean, this is just my moth to flame thing. Like mm -hmm. I can totally see how I get stuck in an unblocking session, either hyper-focusing on the work or hyper-focusing on the system I'm using to track the work or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so I just know that like Nikki, like you just said, the act of making it uh, a practice and the act of, of giving yourself the grace to say, you know, I did one little thing, even if I got lost in a bunch of other, even smaller things. Right, like, right. It, it's okay. I did okay. I'm, yes. I'm moving the ball down the field, which I Absolutely. think is something you can say in sports. So It is. Good job. <laughs> Um, and finally, uh, breaking free of burnout, oh, Casey Dixon, she's just delightful. There was a she lot really of us is. this month. It was just us for a lot of stuff. Uh, and so, yeah. uh, Casey was great to have back on the show. Um, she was fantastic. The central theme of our conversation was around burnout, but, uh, not just, oh my gosh, I'm so burned out at work. Uh, for all the feelings that burnout conjures for you, there are so many feelings you just might have experienced yourself completely unaware that those feelings, too, are symptoms of burnout. The, the whole premise here is that burnout's a complex animal. And sure uh, let's, let's learn a little bit about ourselves to see how we're handling it at any given time. The, the thing that stuck for me and that continuously sticks for me around burnout is that burnout doesn't just happen at work. Uh, that, you know, I feel like I, I can be burned out just 
living. I can be burnt yeah. out with just the world, you know, gestures broadly. Dinner. Um, I'm burnt out yeah. by having to make dinner every oh, night. So burnt out at <laughs> mealtime. Totally. Yes. And, and the way these feelings and this experience trickles into all these other areas of my life, that's the insidious nature of burnout for me. And that's the thing that, that stuck. That that it takes work and practice to learn how to, se- to give yourself a, a true recharging break that is bespoke to you and your brain and your heart and your life. And mm-hmm. that that stuck for me. How about you? Yes, I loved the explanation of the five D's that she talked about and um, the one that she that that she talked about that really resonated with me that I'd never heard of was the disappoint. And it was, it was cool because in our uh, coaching with Nikki last night, we had uh, a listener who actually practiced disappointing someone this week. And I just think that that is awesome that people are listening and they're saying, Hey, I can, I can do this because this is setting a boundary around my own self-care, what I need and what, and, and you're the driver of the bus. Right. And so, um, I just, that is something that I definitely want to practice. And it's not, it sounds weird. Like I want to practice disappointing you this week, Pete. Like that sounds strange, but what it is, is it's really just about, you know, knowing what your limits are and knowing that it's probably better to disappoint Pete this week than to disappoint him in a month when I haven't been able to do what he needed me to do. And now it's late and you know, and I haven't talked to him and I've avoided him and all of the things that can happen when you're, you know, in the shame spiral, right. Of taking on too much or, you know, time estimation is, is a fluke when it comes to ADHD. It's so hard Mm -hmm. to know how long things are going to take. So when you say yes, you, you probably really think you can do it. Like, you know, you're not, you're not intentionally trying to, uh, deceive anyone. Um, so I think the disappoint was just really, you know, taking a step back and saying, okay, what, what is being asked and is it reasonable? And is it something, you know, it goes back to your values too. Is it something that I need to do right now? Is it something that I'm, when I say yes to this, I'm saying no to something else and can it look differently than what they need right now? Can, uh, you know, in this particular situation, do I go and and see the person right now or do I see them in the morning? You know, it worked out better for her to see them in the morning. And so I, I think it's just really, um, it's a form of self-care. Well, it and is. It, it's an that's extension. That's what I love about it. It's such an extension of our our sort of gated boundaries conversations that we've had, right? Which is the the you know we've we've been talking all along about building a practice of saying no or having a waiting period before you say yes to new stuff when people lob stuff at you, right? Just say, hold on, let me think clearly about what I am capable of doing if I'm capable of doing it. So that's step one. But none of that takes into account the stuff you already said yes to that you're actually not going to be able to do. And that's what I like about this so much is that this says, okay, I'm going to take ownership of what I agreed to and I'm not going to be able to do at all. Like I, I now recognize that circumstances have changed for any number of reasons and I'm not going to be able to do this thing and I'm going to disappoint whoever is the stakeholder here whether it's my mother or my wife or my kids or my business partners or my boss or my employees, I'm going to disappoint them on terms that are mine. Mm -hmm. And I know it's going to be hard, but it will be less hard 
if I disappoint them on terms that are theirs, that are unmet expectations with no communication. And, and so I, I really, I mean, I, I, it's weird to say I love disappointing people now with Casey, like, <laughs> oh, it's so great. But right. I, it really is. It's, it's really a, a conversation around ownership of, of your own boundaries and um, which side of agreement that happens. You know, does it right. happen before the agreement when you say, no, you can't put that on my test list? Or does it happen after the agreement where you say, I'm sorry, things changed and I can't mm-hmm. be the person to do that anymore? Well, and I think that that was the key from Casey's interview is that, you know, something probably has to change if you're feeling this type of burnout. And, you know, she does talk about the separation between is it burnout or ADHD and how do they, you know, work together or how they're separate. Yeah. So, you know, I, I definitely recommend it if you haven't listened to this episode to to listen to her speak about that. And, um, that, you know, something has to change. So whether it's that delegation, that delay, that deleting, um, diminish, you know, breaking things down smaller, um, those, those things are important because something has to change. Otherwise you're going to stay in this burnout phase and that's a terrible place to be. It is. And, and uh, I think I, you know, I just want to highlight it. That final disappoint is the last on the list of things right. of D's, yeah. right? For a reason. <laughs> it's the one we love because it's the new one. But it's the new one. It's the one that used, she brought to us. Yeah. yeah it's, it, once you've used all the other D's, uh, then you can, you can really face the, the final D. And, and that's really important because we know how hard it is to live with yourself through disappointment right? Like, mm-hmm. like we, we talked extensively about RSD last night in coaching with Nikki. We, we talk about it all the time as, as a result of living with the shame that goes with letting people down because we are optimistic, generally optimistic people. Right. Uh, we like being yes people. We like being mm-hmm. able to say that, yeah, we can do it all. We, we have, you know, we have the ability and the energy and the creativity to do everything that we need to do. And by the time we've said yes to something, it is a killer to live yeah. with yourself through disappointing other people. I totally get it. That is as much a practice of of disappointing others as just the act of being able to do it on your terms in the first place. Like we know how hard it is Mm -hmm. to live with that shame. Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely. There you go. We did it. We went through all of the shows this month. Fantastic. Well, I like this. I like uh, being able to tie these together. It, it makes yeah. me, uh, it, it helps me. I hope it helps you listening that that at, at some point you're able to, to think, okay, um, you know, maybe you find that you listen to one of these summary episodes, the summary fun episodes, and you think, oh, okay, I got a shortcut. Maybe I don't have to listen to all, all five of the other episodes, but oh dear, I, I you said something that's triggering. I need to go hear the source of that material. I need to go listen to Casey's episode. Maybe we've given you a shortcut or an index. That's what this is. is a monthly index. Summary fun index. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Let us know what you think. I hope this is useful. Um, And uh, thank you for, as always, for downloading and listening to this show. Uh, Don't forget, you can, if you have something to contribute, you can jump into the uh, uh, Show Talk channel. You can contribute to the conversation over there in our Discord server. Uh, We're going to be in the Show Talk channel in the Discord server, and that's where we live uh, online. Uh, so jump in there and join us and you can do that by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level or better special thanks to text expander for supporting the ADHD podcast this week once again head over to takecontroladhd.com slash text expander to learn more and save that 20% on your first year of service thank you all for your time and your attention on behalf of Sikki Kinzer I'm Pete Wright (laughs) and we'll see you right back here next week on taking control the ADHD podcast 